You're listening to the weekly podcast from Solid Ground Church. We hope that this is uplifting and encourages you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If we can be of any help at all, please visit us on the web at solidground.church. Now let's get to this week's message. Hey, good morning. Um, Welcome to Solid Ground. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here this morning. And uh, if we haven't met, it's nice to meet you. And if uh, you want to know something about me, uh, my favorite Sundays are the Sundays that my beautiful wife stands right here and sings. Uh, And that's what she was doing this morning. So if you you want to, you know, awe and ooh at her, she's in the back. Um, She's my number one fan. Um, so I'm Josh. That's my wife, Leah. Uh, I'm super excited to get to uh, spend this morning with you guys um, this morning, and we're just going to be closing out on the story of Elisha's life. Over the last two months, it, for some of you, it probably feels like forever, um, we've been talking about the story and the life of Elisha. And uh, can we admit that it, he lived a pretty wild life? Um, a life that some of us, we, I could only dream of doing some of the things that Elisha did in his life. Um, but uh, So we're going to finish that up. We're going to wrap that up today in, um, in our series called A Very Elisha Christmas. I forgot that was up there. Um, but uh, So we don't have church next week, and we, we, we said it's because um, we want to give our volunteers a break. But the real reason is this, that the Sunday after Christmas is Youth Pastor Sunday. And we don't have a youth pastor anymore. So we can't celebrate that holiday. Um, so really, that's the reason we had to cancel church. We didn't have anybody to preach Youth Pastor Sunday because I got switched to uh, move to associate pastor. So no one was here to preach it because I can't do it. So this, this Sunday, the Sunday before uh, Christmas Eve, I am now declaring associate pastor Sunday. Um, so we're going to rock with that, and we're going to move forward. Um, this morning, I'm believing for a real big miracle. I'm really believing that the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys today and, uh, and that we're going to make the playoffs um, because I heard a sportscaster say yesterday that Carson Wentz has been throwing to lawn furniture all year long and uh, because he's playing with practice squad receivers. I mean, they're far more athletic than I'll ever imagine being. I can barely get on and off the stage um, without falling. But, uh, man, I'm just believing for something big. Somebody, he's not here, he told me, uh, no, he is here. He told me not to pray for the Eagles anymore or he was going to take me out. So I'm not going to pray for the Eagles um, because the last time I prayed, they lost. Um, but they, he forgets that when I prayed for them to win the Super Bowl, they won. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just an off week. But... Uh, <laughs> For me, not the Eagles. It's been off-season for the Eagles. Um, hey, but uh, this morning we're going we're gonna to wrap up this series on Elisha, and I'm just super excited um, to just to dive into this text. Um, when I was 14 years old, I remember walking into um, high school. Um, I went to the ninth grade campus before the, the super cool high school was there, and I went there the next year. But um, I remember, I can't remember if it was my wrestling coach or my young life leader, but they asked me this question, um, what is the legacy that you want to leave? What's the legacy you want to leave? And at 14, year old, 14 years old, I'm like, bro, I just want to know what's for lunch. Uh, I want to know where the cute girls are at, and I want to know what's for lunch. I wasn't thinking about the legacy I was going to leave when I left high school. Um, but now that I think about it, I wish I would have thought about the things that I was going to leave behind. And, and a lot of, even at 25, I think about what is the legacy that I want to leave with my life when I'm no longer here? What are the things that I want to maybe be remembered for, the impacts I want to have on this community that when I'm 
when I'm no longer here. And, and hopefully I get to live to be like 105 and a burden to my family. And, uh, but uh, the le- but I, even at 25, I want to think about what is the legacy I want to live. And if I'm totally honest, at 14 years old, I had no idea what the word legacy even meant. And, the, and if you want to know, if you don't know, uh, I tried to like, you know, hopefully it was some great definition. And this is just shows the society that we live in. The dictionary's definition of legacy is an amount of money or property left behind to somebody in the will. Somebody's legacy nowadays is boiled down to what they own or what they have in their bank account. And this morning, I want to kind of just spend some time talking about the legacy that we're going to leave through the lives that we live in relationship with Jesus. What is the legacy that we are going to leave behind as followers of Jesus? Because if the legacy we're only trying to leave behind is a, is a fat bank account for our kids or a lot of property for our family member, I don't know if that's a life and a legacy worth living for. Um, so what is the legacy you want to leave? And in, in high school, when I was asked that question, I was a, I was a wrestler in high school. And, and one of my, my favorite moments recently, my nephew decided he didn't make the basketball team because for some reasons. He's just not very good with the basketball in his hand. Um, but uh, he, then he decided that he wanted to wrestle. And uh, I was like, yes, I can vicariously live through my nephew now. So I went to his match the other day, and I was screaming at him. I was yelling at him. Like, he was on the, if you've ever watched wrestling, it's like a really weird sport. They're in you know, large underwear that's skin tight. And it's just, they're just rolling around on a big old mat. It's just strange. I don't know why I loved it. It was weird. Um, but he's wrestling, and I'm like in the stands like, get up, get up, shoot. Shoot! And like, I know he can't hear me, and he hasn't asked me for help because I think he might have seen me like up there, like red-faced, angry. But when I was in high school, the only legacy I wanted to leave, I, I remember, I wanted to be a state champion um, in wrestling, and uh, I really enjoyed wrestling. I I would say it was the be- the sport I was the best at. I tried to play baseball, and I just I couldn't throw a ball at one target. I could throw it hard, but like if I was aiming towards Mike, it would like hit my wife in the corner. I just wasn't good with throwing a baseball. Um, I was afraid to play football. I was all these things. And the legacy I wanted to live and leave was I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted the people to remember who I was. I wanted to do something great. And uh, that didn't happen. I ended, up just, I ended up just falling out of love with the sport. And, and I look back at high school, and, I, and I've just kind of, not that I want to be remembered, but the, the legacy that I wanted to leave and the legacy that I did leave are complete opposites. No one knows who I was. And I was so consumed in that moment of trying to be remembered. And eventually... I'm not, and I'm glad I'm not, because I, but the things that I did in high school weren't worth remembering. Um, but this morning, I want to look at the legacy of Elisha's life. I want to, what I want to do right now is I want to recap some of the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks, and then I want to dive into the very last story about Elisha, and then look at the legacy that he has left. So if we're going to be recapping Elisha's life, one of my favorite stories from Elisha's life is that when he, when Elijah comes to him and he is called to, Elijah chooses him to be the prophet who's going to come after him and he throws his cloak on him and he runs after him. One of my favorite verses is when Elisha goes and he burns up all his cattle and all his farming equipment and he leaves everything behind. There's no plan B for Elisha. He's all in. He is committed to what God has called him to. And the next, you know, one of the other things that happens in Elisha's life is that um, Elijah takes his cloak and he hits the Jordan and it splits and they walk through and then 
Elijah is taken up and, and Elisha is left. And that's where his ministry starts. And he's given a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And he, he begins his ministry to do amazing things. And Elisha, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess up the names at some point today. Um, but Elisha, then he goes and he raises uh, a woman's son from the dead. And can I, like, that is one of the most interesting stories ever. Um, like, he goes and he goes into this room and he, there's a, her son is dead and he's laying there and he, like, lays across his body. Eyes to eyes, nose to nose, mouth to mouth. And it's like, I, when I'm reading, I'm like, this is something me and my brother, like, when he, like, we'd play dead and the other person would, like, lay on top of like, I know you're not dead. I know you're not dead. <laughs> and, like, blowing on each other and poking each other. Like, I know you're not dead. And it was just, like, immediately reminded me of, like, me and my brother, like, growing up just, like, pretending to, like, oh, you killed me. And then, like, just, like, annoying the other person to, like, fine, I'm not dead. You didn't kill me. Leave me alone. But that, that's, you know, Elijah, Elisha raises this son from the dead in the most interesting way, and the boy sneezes seven times. I just hope Elisha would have gotten up before that happens. And, uh, and then we, we see that Elisha goes and he heals a leper by the name of Naaman, that Naaman is a commander of the enemy army. He comes to him, and he wants to be, he wants to be healed of his leprosy, so Elisha sends him to the Jordan River, and he comes out brand new. He comes out better than he was before. His skin is completely clean. And then he goes and he makes, his, makes an axe head float on top of the water. Um, after he calls it and it floats to the top of the water. Then the, one of the coolest things ever, he, uh, he blinds an entire army and then he walks in, into the city and then he opens their eyes. I mean, how many of you, like the people that drive you crazy, you wish you could just blind them and like walk them away? and then just open their eyes up again, and you're free, like, and, and you don't have to worry about anything. Elisha lived an amazing life, full of things that, um, if we can be, we, I think some of these things, like, don't you wish you could have seen some of these things happen in your life, or even just witness Elisha do these things? The life that he lived is truly a life and a story worth telling. And this is where our story ends today. Last week, we talked about Elisha and the king, and he's telling him to, to strike his arrows. And, and the story was about going all in, and Elisha got mad at him, and this is where we're going to pick up today in 2 Kings 13, 2, 21. Uh, the, Elisha yells at the king, and then this is what happens. He gets so angry, he says, Elisha died and was buried. Now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life, stood up on his feet. And that's where it ends. That's where the, that, that verse ends. But I imagine that he says he stood up on his feet and ran out. Um, I, I, I can only imagine, like, he's like... I, I don't know what it'd be like to be dead and come to life. I'd imagine it's like sleeping. Like you just imagine you wake up next to a skeleton. Like I'd be gone. I'd be out of there. Like as fast as I can. But like uh, this is it. This is, this is the end of the era. This is the end of the Elisha series. That Elisha was died and he's buried. And after some time it says that his body is just bones. Somebody hastily throws their friend into this grave. And the body, I imagine that they didn't like on purpose throw it towards Elisha's body and the body rolls and, and hits Elisha's bones and he wakes up and he comes to life. Could you just imagine this? You're burying somebody, something happens where you have to run away because they're running away from these Moabite raiders. They're, they're afraid of them. 
And they're running, they, so they throw the body and they run away. And then as you're running, the person that you bury catches up to you and says, bro, we need to go. Like, we, we are going to die. And could, what would you do? You're like, you're running away. And then that person you just buried is catching, like, is tailing you. I think I'd probably run faster. Um, but, like, that's the, that is what's happening here. This story is, is crazy. They throw a guy into a grave and he walks back out. He probably runs back out. He just bumps in to this guy's bones. And, and I was thinking about it, and these guys throw this other guy into this grave, and he accidentally hits. This, isn't, this is not my main point for today. This is just something that um, I think is really interesting, that this guy accidentally hits these bones but God uses that accident for a purpose. I want you to hear this today, that some of you um, have been holding on to some accidents and mistakes in your life, but God wants to use them for a purpose. The things that you just can't let go of, the thing that you think was on accident, God wants to use it for a purpose. Because that's who our God is. But the question if we're looking at Elisha's life and we're looking at his story, I want to just, I have a question for you this morning, and it's this. What is the legacy you want to leave? What is the story that you want to be told about your life? What is the thing that you want to do in this life that, is left behind when you're behind. Because here's one of the things um, about Elisha, that he had this amazing life, but God was still working through him even after he was dead. God was still working through Elisha even far beyond his life. It says that he was just, like, it says his, the body touched his bones. I don't know how long that would have been, but if Elisha at that point is just bones, that God is still using this Elisha to do amazing things. And and he's still doing it today. And you want to know how I know it's because we're still talking about him. What is the legacy you want to leave? What is the ripple effect that you want to have on this community with your life? Elisha's legacy goes beyond the grave. That even his, when his body was just bones, God was still using him to expand his kingdom, to do miracles. Look, and here's the thing. The, when we're talking about the legacy, the thing that we are going to leave, um, the, the story, the life that you live determines the legacy that you leave. The life that you live determines the story that is told. And I think about it, what, would, what story would we talking, be talking about if Elisha would not have followed Elijah? What if Elijah just said, now I'm good being a farmer. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to farm on my family land. I'm going to do what my fathers did before me. What would be the story that we're telling? Who would we be talking about if it wasn't Elisha? If it wasn't Elisha? I think, at best, Elisha gave up a very mediocre life to live a very magnificent one. For me... 
I know for a fact I gave up a below mediocre life to live a life that I could have never imagined. When I was 17, I came to know Christ. When I was 17, I, didn't, I was graduating high school. I applied to no colleges. I was dropping french fries in a deep fryer. And I had nothing ahead of me. And not on accident because I didn't want anything ahead of me. I was totally content of living in the bedroom I grew up in, living a mediocre life, doing whatever my parents asked me to do and whatever they wanted me to do. I remember I didn't sign up to go to Dell Tech. My mom secretly signed me up and picked my classes and all these things. But then I had this moment where I felt like God was calling me to do ministry. At 17 years old, I'm talking in, bunch, in front of a bunch of my peers at Young Life. And I had this moment where like, God's like, this is what you're going to do forever. And I'm like, oh, cool. Um, my parents are going to love that. Um, and when I told my parents, they, like, they thought I was crazy. Like, I was like, I'm gonna, I want to be a pastor. And they're like, we grew up Catholic, and they're like, you want to be a priest? And I'm like, no. I, we haven't gone to Catholic church in eight years. Why, would I, why am I going back? Um, I said, no, I want to be a pastor. And like, what are you doing? I was like, I want to preach. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to I share the gospel. I want to share the thing that changed my life with people. And for a while, um, my, par- my parents aren't here. They'll deny it. But they didn't support it at first. They signed me up to go to school. Um, I went to school. Mom signed me up to go to Dell Tech to do, like, the intro to physical therapy. And I, like, took the medical terminology class. I failed it. I got, like, I think I got a negative percentage on that thing. Um, uh, but uh, you can't, I don't know what anything means. I don't, I'm not good with big words. I'm not really good with reading. I'm surprised I got out of high school. Um, but uh, at best, I gave up a mediocre life to live one that so far has been extremely magnificent. The things that I wanted in my life, I've only have ever experienced while living out the calling that God has had for me. I remember in high school just wanting to be able to go all over the country and, and to meet people and, and, and just to do something that mattered, right? And in my calling, I've gotten to do that. I've got to travel up and down the coast, and Bert and I have gone to Atlanta, and, and we've got to go to all these cool places, and I get to meet these people and, and tell their stories. I get to meet celebrity pastors and shake when I take a selfie with them like, I, like I've never met a person in my life. I'm still not over it. Um, but uh, I get, I've got to do these magnificent things because I was willing to give up what I wanted for what God wanted. Because here's the thing. The legacy worth living is one where you get forgotten. The legacy worth le- leaving, the story worth leaving is one where your name gets forgotten. Because if we're going to step into and ask what, is, what will your legacy be as followers of Jesus, our legacy needs to be the growing and expanding of his kingdom. I hope that something happens here in Lewis, Delaware that history has to write about. But I hope they don't write about me. And I hope they don't write the name of solid ground. I want them to write this, that God did something in Lewis, Delaware. If I can tell you right now, that's the legacy that I want to leave. One where I'm forgotten but God gets all the credit. So what will your legacy be? Somebody trying to sign into my Apple ID. Cool. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Look, what is the legacy? I'm just going to keep going. It just said somebody's trying to, whatever. They want to download some apps. 
I don't got that much money in my bank account anyway. They ain't getting far. Um, what is the legacy? What will, you, what will be your legacy? I'm not going to return from that. That's fine. I want to talk about some real-life people, I guess. Um, the legacy that we live, the things that we do as followers of Jesus, that's the story that's going to be told after you, the things that you do for the kingdom that will last forever. I recently um, watched a podcast. Like, so I'm a church junkie. I love church. I love everything about it. My, my idea for fun is to, I say this, is like to watch hour-long videos about other churches and other pastors. Um, I watched recently this video um, about this guy named Michael Todd from Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This guy's like 31 years old, has one of the largest churches in America, um, and his story has just been absolutely crazy. Um, but the thing is this, that uh, his church, he is a 31-year-old African-American who, um, his church, his, the way he preaches sounds like he is rapping. Like, he's like ad-libbing to himself and all these things, and it's absolutely amazing. I'm like, oh, I want to try that. I'm like, no, Josh, you can't. Um, don't do that. It would not be good. Um, so... Uh, but his, his story is this, that a 65-year-old man planted his church. And five years later, he, he gained his church to about 40 people. And he said, you know what, Mike? I want you to take over. And he, this guy has no, um, he did not go to school to be a pastor. He did not go to school for the Bible. He's like a, he's a professional music producer. He produced music for TV shows and movies. And what he did is he, he stepped into this role, and now this church is one of the fastest-growing churches in America. He is, like, one of the only pastors that has a million followers on Instagram, and that sounds so futile and doesn't make sense, but he, the things that he posts over and over again are, are, are drawing people back to Jesus. He's making an impact through that. But the reason I tell you this is that the guy who planted that church is, hasn't seen the things that they're doing now, but his legacy is that. The legacy, the story that he started to write through being faithful, through God saying, go and plant this church, and he only ever saw it be 40 people, is now in the thousands. The legacy that he, he started, that somebody else picked up, and somebody else might pick up later, is the story of God and Tulsa being reclaimed for the kingdom of God. Their story is amazing, uh, I'm an emotional person, and every once in a while, like, I have points, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to cry. Um, but no, I'm good. Um, another person that I admire who is just super faithful to Jesus, and um, whether he knows it or not, is, is, has created a legacy that is far greater than he ever could imagine. It's my friend Mikey. Not going to cry. I'm good. 8 a.m. is the one I cry at. I don't cry at any other ones. Um, that's not true. I cried them all. But Mikey, uh, my friend Mikey, he... Uh, he is the reason that I'm, that I'm standing here, actually. Um, he, con he convinced me to come to Solid Ground when it was awkward, and it was just Bert and Katie, and it was just us. And uh, he just kept convincing me to come back. And his legacy will be this, that someone who invests in teenagers who need Jesus um, until he stops breathing. And can I tell you, that like, easily... 50 to 100 people who come to this church are because Mikey has invited one person and they've invited another and they've invited another. The legacy you can leave here on earth, he, and in due time we'll all be forgotten, but the things that we start through our lives and being faithful to Jesus won't. He made a difference. He just planted a seed in somebody's life. And another thing is like, 
my mom got a bunch of people to read through the, the book of Luke at, at the hospital that day. Like, she's like, you know, if you read a chapter a day throughout December, by the time uh, Christmas was around, you'll have read the whole gospel, the whole story of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh, go, Mom. You're cool. Like, I can't even, you're better than me. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to get people to read the Bible. Um, but, like, these things, these small little things of, of just being faithful to what God has for you. Um, because Elisha's legacy didn't start at the end of his life. It started when he gave everything up to follow Jesus. So the legacy that you're going to live and leave and the story that's going to be told about you starts now. It starts here. You can't leave a legacy after you're gone. You can't make a difference after you're gone. Ultimately, I want to ask you this. Do you want to do something for the kingdom that's going to last forever? Do you want this? Do you want to play it safe? Do you want to just be okay with coming to church once a week? Or do you want to get crazy and you want to go chase after people and maybe get rejected and maybe mess up and maybe fall short, but knowing that God has called you to it and he's going to call you through it and we're going to see amazing things happen in Lewis so that one day when we're gone that this place looks totally different than it does right now. And the other thing is this. I think so much there's some people in this room and in this world that are living like the dead guy in the story, like they have no future and no story to tell. But here's the truth. When that dead guy hit that body, he came back to life. He had an opportunity to have his story begin again. And here's the thing about the story of Elisha. The story of Elisha completely, 100% points back to Jesus. I believe that the Bible is the most unique and amazing book that it is one unified story leading to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this story is no different. So as we read this story, and can I be honest, I had a really hard time writing this message because I read the story of this guy, and it says he touched the dead, he touched Elisha's bones, and he came back to life. And I'm like, that is clearly a story about Jesus. It is clearly a story about Jesus. And what I want to tell you today, and through the life of Elisha, is this, that everything about Elisha's life points back to Christ. And this is the culminating moment of it. So Elisha is preceded by Elijah. And Jesus comes after John the Baptist, who is a figure of Elijah. Both of their ministries start at the Jordan. Elijah is taken up, and then Elisha goes. Jesus is baptized in the Jordan, and he's drawn out into the desert. Jesus and Elisha both raise a woman's son from the dead. They both heal lepers. Elisha has Peter walk on water, has something that should sink into the water, is now floating on top of it. Elisha calls the axe head to the top. And ultimately, they bring life through their death. And here's the thing. The only legacy worth leaving, the only story worth leaving behind 
is the one of Jesus. If you, this morning you think that I have no story to tell I, because I have no future, there's, there's just something um, that you need to know is that, um, yes, you do. Through Christ you can have life again. That the way that this dead man hit the bones of Elisha and came back to life, so can you. You can have this opportunity through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to have life and life to the full, to leave a legacy that's far bigger than you. To live a story that you're not in the center of, but a story that will last forever. This story is just pointing towards the one who it's all about. And if we look at Elisha's life, and we look at it, and it's just pointing to Christ, that's the life I want to challenge you to live as well. That as people tell the story of your life, as you tell the story of your life, that what it does is just constantly points back to the one who created you, the one who loved you, who lived and died and was resurrected for you. This morning, I want to ask you, what will be your legacy? What do you want to do with your life? What is the thing that you want to leave behind? So you guys pray with me. Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I've fallen short. But I believe in Jesus Christ, that he lived, died, and resurrected declaring victory over my sin, death, and shame. And I confess, from this day forward, you are my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to live my life for you. Father God, we love you so much. We can't wait to see what you do in this community, in and through us, and just see how you want to change Lewis and Sussex County and Delaware. God, I look forward to the day. We praise you and we love you and we do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.